Hello again, Bears fans, and sorry, so sorry we have to do this again as the Bears fall to the Tennessee Titans 24-17. Welcome into our three and out series here on We Are Regal Radio, where we give you three takeaways from every single Bears game and uh, some food for thought as we move forward along with the season. Uh, unfortunately for the Bears, the score that I just mentioned, and once again, the Bears lose to the Titans 24-17, is really a horrible indication of what this game actually was. So we have some things to go over, and we will do so in short order. But man, oh man, I feel like it's Groundhog Day or something, that movie with Bill Murray where it's every day you wake up Monday morning and you're just talking about basically the same things and same issues and just uh, uh, not a lot of answers, a lot of questions, and you just think with the more this team loses, the harder those questions are going to be. And we'll see if the Bears do anything about it because clearly they didn't do enough in this past offseason. But let's get started with our first takeaway, and we got to focus in on the offense as usual. What a horrible day for this offense. I mean, this Titans team came in giving up a lot of yards on the ground, basically having no pass rush whatsoever. I believe they had seven sacks total entering this game, and they got basically half that total in one game. They got three against the Bears. Uh, sure, the Bears had quite a few guys missing on that offensive line, so it's not all on them. And it's just the little things. I mean, it's one thing when a guy gets beat as an offensive lineman, but when you make dumb penalties like false starts, when you just simply as a team don't value the football I mean how many times did the Bears put the ball on the ground and the Titans were able to take advantage and even score a defensive touchdown I mean with this bad offense there is no margin for error and for them to go out there make a bunch of dumb penalties as we've seen before continue to lose the turnover battle because the offense has given away the football and then once again just no real points in that fourth quarter, that's where the Bears got all their points, all 17. I mean, this team can't just rely on fourth quarter comebacks all the time. Can't rely on teams to exhale so that they can make their comeback. And you hear Matt Nagy talk about it after the game. As an offense, with this defense, you need to get the lead right away so that this defense can really lock in and lock down. No running game whatsoever to speak of. Nick Foles had... You know, a really nice statistical ball game. Had close to 340 yards, just one yard shy, 339. Uh, had himself close to 70%. I think he was 69% in his completion. 36 of 52. Way too high of a number throwing it, but at a certain point, this team just couldn't even think about running the football. And the issue was being more balanced in the beginning, but again, with how bad this offensive line is, how much balance can you really realistically expect? But back to Nick Foles for a second. You know, near 100 quarterback rating. It looks all right. Like, all the stats, he would just check mark. If you didn't watch the game, you'd go to the, the box score and say, man, Nick Foles was the only guy that really showed up today for the Bears offense, besides some of the receivers. Clearly, they have a little bit of talent at wide receiver. And with Darnell Mooney, if Anthony Miller can stop putting the ball on the ground and Allen Robinson, 
I mean, that's a solid trio, and they, they showed that with uh, their performance this past game. But wide receivers don't make a team, or at least make an offense great. And it's talked about constantly. Name that wide receiver that has won a Super Bowl for his team. I mean, that just doesn't happen too much. Receivers are important in the NFL, without a doubt. But you need an offensive line that can protect your quarterback and be able to run the football. Because, again, a big point in this game that we've seen constantly, a fourth and one, Bears are unable to convert, and a great drive after a three and out from the Titans. You go down and get some points there, not necessarily the Bears are going to win that football game, but it definitely changes things because this defense does play differently when they have themselves a lead. How many times is the defense going to just look at their performance and keeping a football, keeping their team in the football game only to just watch their offense just show an inability whatsoever and on top of it, make huge mistakes? I mean, giving up that touchdown on the fumble by David Montgomery and Desmond King takes it all the way back, that's an absolute no-no. I mean, if you're an offense that can't score points, the last thing you can do is give up a touchdown offensively uh, by giving up a pick six or a scoring touchdown, whatever. As good as Nick Foles' numbers were, it, it just it just showed still the inability to get downfield. Whenever the Bears seemingly had a drive going or were able to get in Tennessee territory, just crossing the 50, that's when mistakes were coming big time. You had breakdowns where the sacks and the pressures, you had the fumbles and the bad turnovers, and on top of it too, the penalties, the penalties, the penalties. It's amazing how just terrible overall this group is offensively. It, it, it's shocking in a lot of ways because high school mistakes, high school type mistakes constantly, too many guys are trying to make up for everyone else, and you see that in that Anthony Miller fumble. You know, not not that Anthony Miller did anything specifically wrong on that play. You know, you see him trying to tuck the ball underneath, and it was a great play by the Titans defender. There's nothing you can do about that sometimes. But in that situation, with time running out, you don't want your guy fighting for a yard or two just to potentially lose the ball. I mean, you got to have some awareness and some idea that we need multiple possessions. We need multiple scores. Catch the ball. If you see an opportunity to break a tackle or get upfield and make a play, great. But in that situation, I don't think Anthony Miller was even going to get the first down, let alone break off a big play. So you can't just do too much when the plays don't present themselves. A great stat that I heard in that game yesterday the Bears coming into that Sunday matchup with the Titans led the league in most third and sixes or more in the NFL, and they only converted them 25% of the time. I mean, that's they're not very good on third downs. Once again, the Bears 2 of 15, and one of those I think was a third and 16 that they completed. Some of those low yardage to gain third downs, they couldn't even convert those. How many times do we see fourth and short from this Bears team? I mean, it seems like the Bears are just motivated to continue to do the same things on offense. And like that Albert Einstein quote, if you do the same things over and over again, expecting different results, that's the definition of insanity. It, that's kind of how it feels right now with the Bears. They've officially hit an insanity level with this offense. Moving along to our next takeaway, because 
boy, in a way, I just got to stop talking about the offense. You can just sit there all day talking about all the issues. And, I mean, I couldn't imagine how some of these players and coaches feel in this locker room, especially, like I said, on the defensive side. You're just thinking about how little the offense has to accomplish for you to really be successful. And yet, this offense can't do any of that. Uh, this next takeaway is going to be a relatively short one because it's another shout-out for the defense. And, man, it, it's sad to say, Bears fans, but I think right now, unless something changes, and I'm talking about a major change, uh, that's going to be like a firing of Ryan Pace or Matt Nagy or the drafting of a new quarterback or the signing of a big quarterback name or something like that. I mean... We're talking about a major, impactful change. Otherwise, you're going to waste this defense. I mean, that defense yesterday, I would say maybe some at the end, especially that drive by the Titans to get up by 24. Hard to really blame the defense too much on that drive, though, either, because it was set up from a fumble by Anthony Miller. Uh, Ryan Tannehill was terrible in that game, and the Bears' defense made him look terrible. They completely shut down Derrick Henry, only had 68 yards rushing on 21 handoffs. That's a, that's a great day. That's a great day. They weren't able to get that takeaway that the Bears' offense really needed, that short field, but... I mean, is that what we're going to do every week? Blame the defense because they didn't make enough takeaways or make enough splash plays? I mean, they held the team down to 17 points because you can't put that touchdown that Desmond King scored against them. That was when the offense just muffed it up again. So you're talking about 17 points, and you even put another asterisk to that 17 because, as I just mentioned, one of those is a late in the game mess up by Anthony Miller on a short field and the Titans were able to kind of take advantage of it quickly so had the offense been somewhat efficient Bears maybe would have held this team down to 10 points I mean they did a great job against this Titans offense that has been the strength of this Titans football team this year uh, just sad man just sad that the Bears, you know, have a collection of really good talent on that defense, and it seems like they have a lot of maturity and a lot of confidence. It's a group that is admirable, but they have no other complementary, but they have no complementary offense whatsoever. I mean, their margin of error is insane because it's not even just the error that the defense has to make. The defense has to make a scoring play, whether it's they score themselves or get a takeaway that shortens the field and the offense can actually score. So they have to basically make a scoring type play every single game for this offense to really have a shot or for the whole Bears team to have a shot. That's a lot of pressure to put on a defense. And as much as you can point to little things like, oh, the Bears defense is not doing great here or man they messed up there i thought chuck pagano this week had his guys ready they had multiple guys out you're seeing play after play yeah they're not necessarily takeaways but danny trevathan made a great play in that football game late uh breaking up a pass attempt on Corey davis a wide receiver you just see like plays like that mario edwards with a terrific sack earlier i mean some of the stuff that the bears did defensively you're just 
almost wows you because they get no support and they just have to constantly, with all the pressure on them, you know, a few mistakes early in that game, the, that game's over by halftime. Uh, the only reason that game is close after half and that the Bears even have a chance is just because of the defense. And it, it's just getting so tiresome to see in Chicago defense after defense be wasted because you have GMs and front offices that just can't figure out complementary offense and effective enough offense that you can be a legit Super Bowl contender with a good defense. Instead, uh, now you're looking at a three-game losing streak and really free-falling in the roster because officially, for the first time probably all season, except for maybe the first week or second week, the Bears are out of the playoffs if they started today. Right now, they sit eighth in the NFC when there is only seven spots. If you, again, blow that 5-1 and one start and miss the playoffs, that's, that's about as damning as you can possibly get. But shout out to that defense, because no doubt about it, if this defense wasn't playing well, no way the Bears would ever have been sniffing five wins in their first six games of the season. That's the only reason why they're even in a relatively decent position, even though the sky has fallen. And for our last takeaway, that's where we'll focus. Uh, Bears are at a big-time crossroads. And my worst-case scenario coming into this game, personally, you lose this game to the Titans. The Vikings beat the Lions in a convincing fashion. The Vikings are now 3-5. and five. They're not totally out of the playoff picture. And if they win a few more games in a row, especially before it hits the month of December, the Vikings could be one of those late teams that, gets a, that sneaks into the playoffs late. The Vikings could be one of those teams that sneaks into the playoffs very late. And this... This sets up ugly for the Bears. I mean, you get a little bit longer because it's Monday night, so you have an extra day to prepare, basically. But this Vikings team, they're going to come into Soldier Field, and they're going to be ready to go. This is their season on the line. If they can make hay against the Bears and the Lions and beat them and, say, go 4-2 and two in the division, that'll change everything in terms of their playoff picturing. Because, yes, even though they started out terribly, and I've been saying it all year. I think that the Vikings are really going to struggle early with how many young players they have and no training camp because of COVID. By midseason, Mike Zimmer and his coaching staff are doing a great job getting that team to start playing really quality football. They come in here and beat the Bears. They'd be 4-5. and five. The Bears would be 5-5. Five and five. You know, they would have a chance to leapfrog the Bears really quickly. This, this is where... You're kind of scared as a Bears fan because there's no desperation, there's no confidence. You don't feel either of those from the Bears. You just feel despair. That desperation feeling can sometimes generate that kind of energy and confidence to go out there and play well, and I think that's what the Vikings will have on Monday night, and that might be the ultimate key to that game. Which team plays hungrier and more desperate for a win? Because I expect that to be a divisional dogfight with the Bears and those veterans understanding, hey, our season could be lost if we go back to 500. We have got to stay above water. But if the Bears go out there and win, let's say, another two or three games and get to 7-9, 8-8, and that's how they end the season, you didn't 
improve from 2019 at all, and you have as horrible of, a, of an offense as you did in 2019. I mean, who's going to be held accountable for that? And if you do have a disaster, let's say you lose a bunch of games and you're kind of around the top 10 of the draft, and you have some quarterbacks there, are we trusting Ryan Pace to draft them? Is Ryan Pace going to even draft some offensive linemen if they're there? I mean, it's ridiculous. I don't think the Bears have a coach that gives them an advantage in terms of X's and O's and scheme offensively. He's not a great play caller. Uh, The rest of the offensive staff, either they can't help Matt Nagy or it's just like 2019 all over again. Like, the same stuff is happening with different coaches. So is that the co- other assistant coaches? Are they not helping Matt Nagy enough? Because that was kind of the thought. We bring in coaches that Matt Nagy is familiar with in Juan Castillo, John Filippo, Bill Lazor. Oh, they come in, they're going to be able to help Matt Nagy and get him kind of over the hump and get this offense running. That's obviously not happening. You have to, at this point, say, Matt, you are no longer the play caller after this year. You are going to have to hire somebody, assuming Matt Nagy's the head coach for 2021, you're going to have to hire somebody to call plays. I mean, if you're Ryan Pace, and again, if he continues on, has his job passed this season, that's got to be a mandate from the front office. I mean, you can't give head coach that's a coordinator in Matt Nagy another year to try to figure it out. I mean, you can't give him three seasons as just test runs. I mean, that's ridiculous. And you wonder with the draft capital as well. The Bears don't go into this year's draft with their full amount of picks because they traded away some, per usual. And maybe the Bears don't have that many options because of how limited they have talent-wise on offense. What does that say about your GM? And, yeah, he built a great defense. He did. But let's not forget, too, if Cleo Mack hadn't been on the trading block, how good is this defense? I mean, I don't even know if Ryan Pace is here right now. That's how critical the Cleo Mack trade was. And uh, some of these guys, yeah, like signing Danny Trevathan was great. Signing Keem Hicks was great. He did a, a solid job drafting Roquan Smith and Eddie Jackson and Jalen Johnson are great. There's just not a lot of homegrown talent right now on the Bears. And you just look at who are the superstars that they've gotten from the draft and developed. All these things need to come into into factor in when you talk about evaluating where this team is at right now. You've traded away a lot of draft capital. You haven't done a great job drafting and developing people. You've been really reliant on free agency signings. That's why moving forward, the cap number looks so bad for the Bears where they don't really have much cap room because they're maxed out on money that they had to buy players to replace the bad players. We've heard this before. This is not anything new to Chicago. This was Phil Emery. This was Jerry Angelo. It's been this constant thing where you don't get it right in the draft. You don't do it right in developing. You have to go out and sign everything you need because you have nothing to replace it with. You have no cap. You have no future. If you're talking about a couple fixes, like getting a franchise quarterback and maybe a couple offensive linemen that are all pros, then yeah, yeah, maybe you are a couple things away from turning this uh, offense around, which means turning this franchise around. But boy, oh boy, uh, I mean, what are the odds of Ryan Pace accomplishing that when that's the offense he built? In six years, that's the offense he built. We've been through this. How many times do we have to go through this as Bears fans? And I hope ownership, as much as they might not want to write the checks for a new regime and 
you know, a new coaching staff, new front office, blah, blah, blah. Too bad. Your business is football, and right now your business sucks.